Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Nothing says confidence in your answer like telling you to ask someone else. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kevin's here. Casey's out today. Jerry Lopez. In for Casey. Find him on Twitter at Indie Spanglish. Don't forget, you can watch us throughout the day on the YouTube feed. Just type Kendall and Casey into your YouTube search bar and you can see our beautiful faces. And you can see right now this fabulous uh, whiteboard drawing that Ethan Hatcher did. I've got it up on at Robin Kendall on Twitter as well, but you can see it right now if you put Kendall and Casey into your YouTube bar. Jerry, you see it over my shoulder. Is this not one of the most phenomenal things you've ever seen in the history of ever? Ethan is definitely an artist. Oh, I mean, it's... between that or the one of the governor. I mean, I walked in day <laughs> one, and I, and I was like, who is drawing these things? It's unbelievable. So yeah. it is that, a, as our, most of our audience will know, uh, the high ruler, Lord Travis Tashane of the Brownsburg Town Council, had me f- uh, forcibly removed, moved, weaponized the town police against me. Is this me. when you asked how to get things yes. put on the... I had the yeah. audacity to ask after he thoroughly embarrassed himself and our entire community by placing an agenda item to remove the park board and then removing it from the agenda. I simply asked, how does an item get added or subtracted from the agenda? Did you know, Jerry, that has now been, I believe, three weeks and no one has given me an answer? I've now asked that in You two- just want to know how to add something we I can talk about. just want to know, does... One person. This, see, we talked about last segment about, um, you know, the or a couple segments ago about the weaponization of government against people. And we have seen this, and it's easy to talk about like Washington, D.C., or this, you know, the state government, you know, Holcomb tried to put you in jail for not wearing a mask. It happens at the local level, too. And the local level, the school boards and the town and city councils are some of the biggest abusers of this bullcrap because they say, well, what are you going to do? Now, you do it to me. I got a platform to fight back. And I guarantee from the moment that moron did that, Lord Travis to Shane, high ruler of the town of Brownsburg, they told him, you're an idiot because you gave that guy exactly what he wanted. But you see this with people who don't have the platform to expose these people and fight back where people in communities are supposed to be your neighbor. They're supposed to be your friend. They're supposed to be somebody who's serving the community and they have some ridiculous self self-importance placed upon themselves where some guy gets up and goes, hey, idiot, you embarrassed yourself in this community. I'd like to know how this happens because I'd like to prevent it from happening again or at least be able to know the next time we get embarrassed who we thank for the embarrassment and their responses to the cops. Get him out of here. Yeah. You don't question authority. Who the heck are you? <laughs> who do you think you are? He's literally Eric Cartman. You will respect my yeah. authority. Yeah. Now, he learned his lesson because I asked the question again at the most recent meeting and they did not kick me out. Um, did, they, did they answer? They didn't no, answer, no. I still have think about this, Jerry. How hard of a question? I mean, I, I, <laughs> if I'm if I'm on the council, if I'm on the council and I'm there to meet the people, right, right my, the constituents, and one comes up and goes, how do I add something so we can talk about it in the future? Right. That seems like a very reasonable request, and I would want that from the people I represent. How you, if you have something you want to talk about, this is how you get it added to our agenda. And I told them there's no right or wrong answer to this. Like when I was on the council, it required two people to want an item to be added to the agenda. And that was just the rules we came up with as a as a council. Whatever the answer yeah. is, one guy does it, two guys do it, three guys, you know, whatever that is, is fine. But these people are so insecure in who they are and what they're doing 
that they won't answer how does an item end up on the agenda. And the problem is, if I could email someone and get an answer, fine. They don't respond to emails. They don't respond to questions. They don't, in they don't want whatever you want to talk about on the agenda is what it is. Well, right, right. And we've <laughs> talked about how pathetic Lord Travis Deshane, high ruler of the town of Brownsburg, is that he wants admitted to me in a bar his life ambition. Think about how pathetic this is, Jerry. His life, and this is true, and we're picking on Travis because he deserves to be picked on because he sucks and he's ruined my town. Uh, but this is true with people all over like central Indiana, all over the state of Indiana, these elected people all across this country. It's all about the next thing. Yeah. It's all about use. He's using, in this case, Lord Travis to Shane, high ruler of the town of Brownsburg, who rules by fiat, is using the people of our town for what he believes is the next thing. This dirt ball admitted to me in a bar one time, Jerry, his dream in life was to be a state rep. Is this just a state rep? I was like, shouldn't you go for senator? Like, I mean, if you're going to aim, if like moving up the political ladder is your dream in life. No, no, no. His dream is to be a state rep. And he believes, as many of these people do, that as many bright, shiny objects at whatever cost it is, that is how I'm going to achieve that thing. And he viewed and his little morons that he serves with on this council as the park board is some sort of, I guess, impediment to more stuff. Because in the very meeting that they fired the park board, which is last meeting, they started the process of spending $18 million on a swimming pool. Oh my gosh. So the, about all this, we bring this all full circle too. If you go back to the YouTube uh, chat right now, you can see Ethan Hatcher drew a an old timey, mm-hmm. uh, like 1800s, Wanted poster, yes, on the dry erase board that we have here in the studio, and you can see it right now. uh, Wanted uh, for the arrest and capture of me by Lord Travis Deshane, high ruler of the town of Brownsburg, for having the audacity to ask (laughs) what item ends up on the agenda. Uh, So you can see that right now. I'll have it up all throughout the show uh, today. All right, so Jerry Lopez in for uh, Casey Day. You can find him over on uh, Twitter at Indy Spanglish. It's a phenomenal follow. You've got like 20 thousand followers. Oh, yeah, I do well. I, I saw that. Thought, how is that a yeah. thing? So, so this is this is really what it is. When 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 I realized that sixty percent of the population had an opinion, but they were scared to share it <laughs> for fear of being called a bigot or a transphobe or a racist or this yeah. or that. Like I just started saying everything, <laughs> right? So. And it's not like I was lying. Like, I legitimately feel these way. But now I, when I say something, you know, I get I get propped up a little bit because, <laughs> you know, I, I can take the strays. I'm not really worried about that. Well, because if you missed the last segment, we talked about how your your parents immigrated yeah. here from Cuba. Yeah. So I'm that- one boat trip from communism <laughs> and I'm a vet. Yeah. I will, I will talk all the trash and your feelings are not protected by the Constitution. So who cares? Well, it's such a great thing because we chuckle about this all the time that I feel like I'm pretty insulated from ever being called a racist because my my basically best friend Abdul or one of my best yeah. friends is black and my wife is half Hispanic. Right. So you can't really get me on that. And so we embrace and chuckle about that. But it's pathetic that we have to chuckle about that yeah. because there's so many people who live in society now who are petrified to say or do anything because, oh my gosh, no matter how common sense it is, I'm going to be called a racist. Yeah, I mean, hell, just wearing the MAGA hat got you called a racist. Yeah. Like, and didn't even just, if you're wearing the hat, you're a racist, right? Like, And, and I love that you have totally embraced it. You've said, no, nah, you, you can't say that 
something about yeah. me yeah. because, well, I'm from Cuba. So, <laughs> so I always say when I meet liberals, I shake their hand and I say, you don't even look racist. <laughs> and, and, na- and naturally they look at me and go, well, what are you talking about? And I say, well, you guys think that my life's harder for me because I'm brown and I don't have the same opportunity. I said, does that make you a racist? <laughs> so yeah, it, those conversations go really well. I love it. All right. So uh, something I don't love is cringe John Pierre. And, you know, I have found in life, Jerry, that if the answer is simple and you're in public service, so it comes back to what we just talked about with the uh, Brownsburg Town Council refusing to even say how an item will end up on the agenda by which they vote that affects you. And if you ask, you will get the cops weaponized against you. Same thing is true on a national level. You owe us an answer, right? When things happen, we are your boss. We are the taxpayer. You exist because of us. You owe us an answer. And in the case of Corinne Jean-Pierre, she is phenomenal at telling you to ask someone else. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, this whole administration, like just one administration ago, we had a guy who couldn't go to the restroom without having hate articles written, whether you liked him or not, whether you liked him or not, the media was on him. And to have such an incompetent, you know, administration now, and he just gets a pass on everything. It's it's I think at first, of course, conservatives did not like him. And I think we've we've started to to approach the part where we feel sorry for him. Yeah. Like it's just not funny anymore. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't belong there. He doesn't have all his faculties. He has problems with and I'm not trying to make fun of him. Like he's I think he's dealing with legitimate health issues. And it's almost it's bordering on elder abuse. Yeah. All right. So she got asked about the cocaine in the White House, which we we started the show with this. To me, this is a big deal, as you rightfully pointed out, because this time it's cocaine. Well, if the security is- They didn't the, know that, though. It's just a white powdery right, substance, right? Right. And you're right. If the security is so lax, which is now, I guess, their argument, it's one thing to say, okay, the president's loser kid who has a serious drug right. addiction brought cocaine into the White House. That's bad. I think, to me, though, the bigger story, and they're trying to brush it off, is that some, they're trying to say some willy-nilly tourist- brought cocaine into the White House, and, well, you know, those things happen. You made the great point to start the show. What if it's anthrax the next time? Yeah, I mean, how do you know until you test it anyway, yeah, right? exactly. I think they did evacuate the White House because they didn't know. And they don't seem to care, and she got asked about this, and her answer was, ask the Secret Service. Was the president satisfied with the explanation that someone was able to bring an illegal substance into the White House because there are hundreds of people who come here? What I will say is that the Secret Service did a thorough investigation. That's what we believe. They put out a public statement. I think that's important. Anything else detailing any details or any more information, I would reach out to the Secret Service. Don't ask us. What Wasn't there a song, Don't Call Us, Child, We'll Call You? We'll call you. I mean, it's just, it's just a total lack, Jerry, of ownership and responsibility, which is we run this White House. It is the Biden White House. And if something screws up, that's on us. But nothing's ever on them. Yeah, so so the Secret Service said they went through all the security systems. They indexed all the visitors that signed in, signed out, all that stuff. And their statement at the end said, we're not able to compare evidence against the known pool of individuals. <laughs> That's their statement. We have, we have nothing. We don't know. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I know you are super fired up about this. Keith Ellison, he is a total far-left radical maniac. He is now the attorney general of Minnesota. He was in Congress before that. He said something so racist about Clarence Thomas, uh, and he's just going to totally get away with it, but not here. We'll play it for you. Coming up next, Jerry Lopez in for Casey. Kendall and Casey, 93 WIBC. 
Keith Ellison said something so horrifically racist against Clarence Thomas, and I guess it's okay because he's on the left. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kevins here. Casey out today, Jerry Lopez in for Casey. You can find him over on Twitter at Indy Spanglish. And it's, it's funny we're going to do this segment n- now because we had just kind of talked a little bit about this, about your Twitter feed, and we talked about how you embrace your heritage. Your parents are from Cuba, and you have said, look, I can say things that other people can't. Abdul and I chuckle about this all the time. We always have a things Abdul can say category. And it is ridiculous how how the left is repeatedly allowed to be just disgustingly racist, and they get away with it. Yeah. Well, the left doesn't care about black-on-black crime, so. <laughs> You're right. You know, uh, you're- like, let's just be honest. It's, it's the... The most dangerous person to the left is somebody like myself, somebody like Abdul, somebody that is minority that can say, you guys are crazy. They've under, they've under, they've underperformed. They haven't given us anything. They haven't, they, they try to snuff that person out immediately. Um, so yeah, it's, it's no wonder that, that Clarence Thomas is, is being attacked. Well, and he is always, he being Clarence Thomas is always in the crosshairs. Clarence Thomas, you know, we talked earlier about the brilliance of Antonin Scalia. Clarence Thomas is right up there in terms of all-time just super amazing legal minds to serve on the Supreme Court. And Clarence Thomas, in many ways, is far more important than Antonin Scalia because of what he had to go through in order to get to the Supreme Court and the just horrific, disgusting, whatever word you want to use, assault on him by Joe Biden and the Democrats in the Senate at the time. And he never backed down. And the Anita Hill thing. Yeah, he never backed down. And he was willing to endure that because he knew he deserved to be there. He knew he was qualified to be a Supreme Court justice. He knew he was good for the country. And those people are the sort of people that are heroes. And because he's conservative, he is regularly attacked. He is regularly called disgusting things. And Keith Ellison, who is the attorney general for Minnesota, uh, before that was a congressman from Minnesota, is a far left lunatic, uh, was giving an interview and said something that is just would get you canceled if you're white oh! and said it. If you're white and said that, you are fired right they'd, now. They'd do. They'd send Jack Bauer on you if you were game if you, over. Yeah, absolutely. But because he's a Democrat, it's just fine. Take a listen. Well, Clarence Thomas. Um, all you got anybody who's watched the movie Django, just watch Stephen, and you see Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is a. It has decided that his best personal interests is siding with the powerful and the and the in in this the special interests and regardless as to who they're going to hurt he's like i'm looking out for me and i don't care nothing about you and but i'm on the supreme court so it's my job to look out for you so he's abdicating his responsibility he has abdicated a long time ago when he got on the off when he got in office he was this way he's this way now maybe he's worse now so clarence thomas needs to be impeached Clarence Thomas is illegitimate and has no basis in the job that he's in. And it's a lesson to us as African-Americans. Mm. What is the lesson? We all thought, well, he's a black man raised in the deep South. He knows what racism, segregation is. He knows what affirmative action is. He's going to come around one day. Understand that it's not a matter of pigment. It's a matter. It's not what's on your skin. It's what's in your mind. That guy... So that's scary for so many reasons. But let's start with this. 
That guy is the chief law enforcement officer for a state, the state of Minnesota. He's not just a politician. And we talk about this all the time, Jerry, with Todd Rokita. And people say, well, you know, what's your deal with Rokita? And I say, how long Better you got? Better make sure he doesn't hear you yeah, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll call in here too and say <laughs> bad things about me, right? Which is fine. Get in line. But my deal with Rokita and his buffoon behavior is you're not just a politician anymore. You're not a congressman anymore. You're a chief law enforcement officer. The bar is raised so high in position of attorney general because your job is to interpret the law and enforce it equally wherever that leads you you're here to defend the people right it shouldn't be a political thing you should leave the politics of like a judge or attorney general at the door and this guy who is supposed to be the chief law enforcement officer you think you're getting equal justice right from this guy right yeah no it's it's and what 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 really sucks the most is is you'll see when people of color get to a certain point and they they get almost radicalized it's like they contribute to the neutering of other people of color like it um clarence thomas's response to affirmative action should be mandatory reading for everybody I mean, you should find that it was amazing. And it basically goes into taking away hope from kids of color. Why would I try? Why, you know, kids will meet whatever bar you set. We don't need to lower the bar for anybody. Let's raise everybody up to, to meet that bar. And and you made a great point about his ruling. Like my on, mom couldn't speak English, dude. Well, he had said for years that, you know, he has a you know an Ivy League degree. He's highly qualified. But he said, this degree means nothing because the perception from many people is I got it because of the color of my skin yeah. rather than the fact that I'm a brilliant legal mind who would have got this degree, whether it was white, Hispanic, black, right. Asian, whatever. And to compare Clarence Thomas, so the character that Keith Ellison is referencing in the movie Django is, if, you, if you've never is seen it. Samuel L. Jackson's character? Right, yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a house slave. Yep. And that is so... First of all, it's incredibly demeaning to the humanity of Clarence Thomas right. in a world in which we're supposed to judge people on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. You are entitled to disagree with Clarence Thomas's judicial philosophy. Keith Ellison, as an American, is 100% entitled to look at Clarence Thomas's rulings and say, I believe he's interpreting the law wrong, his judicial philosophy is wrong. That's all fine. I think Sonia Sotomayor is a moron, yep. but not because she's... Latina, right? She's just a moron. She's not very good at interpreting the law. It has nothing to do with her, her race, her ethnicity, her gender, any of that. And Keith Ellison, to black people everywhere, he insulted all of them yeah. by demeaning this guy. Who and one of the first blacks to be on this? Exactly. Like, it's I think like the second one ever. Yeah, it's not like there's a just a just that a, guy. That guy, he's an idiot. <laughs> what? I mean, my gosh! Whether you agree with his judicial philosophy or not, you should look to the level he ascended, and you should tell young people this is someone you want to be like. This is a yeah. self-made person. Hey, we don't necessarily agree with his. Instead, they're like, well, if he's up there, he's not supporting us. He's a sellout. Yeah, exactly, man. It's just, it's absolutely gross. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to have voicemails. Uh, Jerry Lopez in for Casey. I'm Robert's Kindle Casey Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's time to hear from you. 
Kendall and Casey present voicemails brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. That is the phone number if you would like to be on this very fabulous, highly acclaimed radio program. You can leave your message there. We do uh, obviously do the disclaimer that I'm the one who sorts through the voicemails. So you know what I want. You know what I like to hear. Anyone who rips on Holcomb or Todd Young or Mike Pence, you're going to move right to the front of the line. So plan accordingly. And uh, if you if you have something worthy of these just very fabulous heritage airwaves we'll we'll get you on the air all right jerry so we opened the show yesterday talking about how it is amazing in about two minutes tucker carlson ended the 23-year con that is mike pence yeah it was pretty amazing i mean it's just a quick little two-minute clip on twitter and it took off and the, the 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 sad part for pence was uh, Tuck met with all these people. So he met with Vivek. He had met with DeSantis. He met with everybody. And and basically, he yeah, P- Pence ended himself. Well, and this is what's interesting, because I, I said in, in two minutes, Tucker Carlson managed to finally get everyone to see what I've been telling them for 10 years. And that is that Mike Pence is an uninquisitive person, doesn't like to be challenged, and despite the rhetoric and bullcrap that that guy spews in his speeches, his actual record as a congressman and a governor is big government at big cost with little regard for actual accountability. And he showed that in that clip with Tucker Carlson. And now everybody finally sees it. And it appears agrees with what I've been telling them on this radio station for six plus years now. And and various other forums for the past 10 years because I was around Mike Pence and Mike Pence's people. I worked as the pharmacy board director under Mike Pence. I saw how the government operated under him. And finally, Jerry, finally, everybody else sees it too because he doesn't give a damn about what's going on in this country. He is wholly invested in Ukraine and making sure his buddies in the military industrial complex are absolutely taken care of. Yeah, and Tuck rubbed it in his face too. Hey, hold on, hold on. We have this problem, that problem, this problem. And his response to your point where he doesn't like to be challenged, it was almost like uh, he didn't even think about it. He said, that's not my concern. Even Immediately, uh, let me remind you: you are running to to be the president of the country that you're not concerned with. Yeah, dude, get out of here. Game yeah. over. Well, and it, somebody pointed out, and, and I and I saw I saw where he's he's even having trouble even meeting enough donors to get to the. Yeah, and I'm, I'm torn to the, the basis. So isn't that wild? Let's get into that for a second. We have a phone call about this, which is why we're bringing it up. But isn't that wild? You have a guy who is a sitting vice president for for Donald Trump, right? Is this post J6 people upset that he didn't overturn the, that whole thing? Well, he can't get 40,000. He's struggling to get 40,000 individual donors or the 200 donors in 20 states or all the rules. That's amazing because you should have such a built in. It's like in the state of Indiana, when people run for public office, Unless you're Todd Young, you have to get 500 signatures in all nine congressional well, you districts. You also have to answer for why you signed the omnibus bill unless you're Todd uh, yeah, Young, Yeah, well, too, the, right, exactly. And and so, but it's like the, the customary thing is everybody signs for everyone because it's like a courtesy of, hey, I, don't, I may not support you, but I appreciate you being on the ballot. It's like an unwritten gentleman's agreement. 
And you would think as the vice, former vice president, if you were remotely liked inside your party, there would be a gentleman's agreement of, yeah, we don't really care for Pence, but hey, we're helping everybody. So here's $10 and that'll help you get on the ballot. He's having trouble doing yeah. that. He he is. Mike Pence is so disliked inside the Republican Party. He's having trouble getting on the stage. This was, yeah, this was the ex-vice president. Can't even get on the debate stage. And... I struggle with this, Jerry, because on one hand, I think it would be utterly hilarious if he failed to qualify. However, I need him to be on a stage with Trump. I do, too. That's must-see television. <laughs> must-see television. Uh, so we got a call, because we obviously talked a bunch about this yesterday, about uh, the ending of the 23-year con that is Mike Pence. Mike Pence, yeah, I have to just say this. I'm sh- I mean, we already figured it out this weekend. Mike Pence, I, I was making a big fuss out of it because it was just hilarious. Mike Pence just got destroyed, and I think his chances, um, his polls are now going to go down to zero. Uh, that statement he made was absolutely stupid. That's not my concern. Uh, you're running for president of the United States, Mike, not president of Ukraine. So I think it was, you know, get on Tucker for pushing it, for pushing back and saying, look, Cities are collapsing. The United States, our country, has so many problems, yet you're more concerned about Ukraine than the United States? I mean, it pretty much, it was not a good day for Pence in Iowa. And not even Keel Brothers um, Oils can save them now. Uh, somebody made a great point, too. I was talking to, to somebody the other day, and they said, if you notice his body language during that, like he doesn't face Tucker. Yeah. He's very standoffish about being asked the question. And it's like, buddy, your opinion is your opinion, and you're entitled to have it. But the problem is, and I've dubbed these people, Jerry, the gravy train brigade. And they are the same people who have been around Mike Pence for 30 years who have seen this guy as their meal ticket to avoid having to ever work a real job. And part of the problem with the gravy train brigade is that they have told him basically what he wanted to hear. So he has no real people around him. Right. And I ran into this all the time when I was pharmacy board director. And this is where my eyes were open to what the government, the state government, the Republicans are, where you would have an issue and you would tell it to the people who were close enough to Pence to give it to him. Like, hey, here's this big issue, and it's affecting everyone. And he needs to know about this because it needs to be fixed because people are, in this case, you know, it dealt with pharmacies, prescriptions, whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 we'll, uh, we'll definitely do that. And, you know, a week would go by and no response. And a week and a half would go by and no response. And two weeks would go by and no response. And then you would waste a whole, your entire day basically trying to realize, no, it wasn't that he didn't respond. It's that they wouldn't tell him because he was incapable of solving actual problems. And anything that looked remotely bad, they wouldn't have that because the gravy train brigade depended upon this guy ascending to the next thing. In this case, the next thing was the presidency. And if he had to deal with actual stuff... He couldn't do it, which is why when something like RIFRA happened where he couldn't hide from it or just in the state-run news agency where he couldn't hide from it, he was an utter disaster because he doesn't know how to be challenged, and you saw it with Tucker Carlson. He reminds me of that. Have you ever seen that uh, that gif of the dog and the house is on fire and he's just drinking the coffee? <laughs> and he's like, I'm fine. It's fine. Like, that's that's Mike Pence, you know? <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Um, by the way, so here is the other side of this. Once we get rid of Mike Pence, there is still another loser Pence out there amongst the ether, and that is Greg Pence. And he is still a congressman, 
And despite the fact that he ran Keel Brothers Oil Company, which left the taxpayers of this state with millions of dollars of environmental cleanup because of his mess, despite the fact that he left a bank holding the bag with millions of dollars of paper because he ran that thing into the ground, he just gets to wipe his hands of it and go be a congressman because he looks and sounds like his brother. And now the big rumor on the street is that Suzanne Crouch desperately wants to pick Greg Pence to be her running mate for lieutenant governor. So once we get rid of Mike, once we're, which I think we're kind of almost to the point where we're done with him, we still got, it's like a horror movie where there's just, the villains just keep rising yeah. up and we can never get rid of this yeah. family. It's like old narcos. Like, hey, my son, my brother's <laughs> now in charge of the cartel, right? All right. Um, we got a call that I think may be the dumbest call we've ever had on this show and I had to play it because Jerry... You're here, you're downtown, you work downtown. The condition of the city, and I'll let you expand on this, it is not good, right? Correct. That's not some over-exaggeration. No, it's, That's not yeah. shock, shock jockeying. When I come down here, I'm surprised that it actually looks like this, to be honest with you. Yeah, I got asked the other day about, I was at the dentist office, and I was asked about the condition of downtown. And they said, well, have they put it back together? I said, physically, the buildings are back together. But this is a depressing, scary place yeah. in the middle of the day to walk around. Yeah, yeah. I uh, So I don't know the name of the intersection, but I do not recommend walking by that steak and shake. <laughs> it's like it's like a mini skid row. And, yeah. and I had never seen that before here. Like I always said, Indianapolis is a big city, but we don't have like big city. Like it's, I don't know as a father of daughters, how I would allow my kid, my daughter to, just her walking from the PNC parking garage to PNC tower on that yeah. mini skid row would be terrifying for anybody. I, I'm a man. I can't imagine being a young woman. So when we talk about the condition of Indianapolis, and I think it's great that you're here because you're a new independent voice. You work down here. You know, when, when Hammer or me or whatever say something, it's shock jug looking for ratings. No, it sucks. Right. It sucks and it's depressing. And as Hoosier lifers, it hurts us because this used to be a great place to be able to, to come and have fun. And and so when we talk about the condition of the city under Hogsett, we're not exaggerating. And we say it because we're serious and we say it because we want it fixed, because we want Indianapolis to be a place that people want to come. And boy, some some guy, he's very upset about our opinion of Indianapolis. Yeah, you know, the, uh, the violence in Indiana, the solution to that is very simple. If you're scared to go out of the house without your gun clutched to your chest like a security blanket, Stay home. If you live in Marion County, move to someplace where you think it's safer than here. Because I'm not afraid to walk downtown without a gun in my hand or any of this stupid stuff that you guys do. So, yeah, if you're scared, get out. Thank you. Why couldn't I say that to people about COVID? If you're scared to die of COVID, if you're scared to leave a house without your mask on, stay at home. Right? But I was called messed up if I said that. I love that so much. There's nothing we're going to do better than that. We're going like we're like George Costanza. We're going out on a high note. That's Jerry Lopez in for Casey. Hammers next. It's Kendall Casey Show on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob Kemp's here. Jerry Lopez in for Casey Hammer. Hello. Man, ready to have a fun show today because yesterday was an incredibly sad day in Indianapolis. Um, Unfortunately, we've had quite a bit of these lately. Uh, A funeral saying farewell to one of our law enforcement heroes yesterday. Just a beautiful service at Gamebridge Fieldhouse uh, for Marion County Sheriff's Deputy Derm, D-U-R-M. And man, it was... uh, it was an emotional day seeing his kids go up there. It was just a beautiful service. And then, of course, Crown Hill Cemetery, which is amazing. That Heroes of Public Safety section. I know it's almost morbid to say this, but if you're a history nerd at all, if you appreciate Indiana history, take a tour of Crown Hill. Because the things you will find in that joint, everything from Dillinger to Presidents, the Heroes of Public Safety, you know, Bob Ursay, race car drivers. I mean, it really is a historical place to go check out. And there's nothing morbid with saying that because it's some of the most interesting and important people who have ever lived in this this city. And obviously, uh, you guys are, you know, amazing in terms of Hammer and Nigel, your support of law enforcement. I know you guys covered that very, very well yesterday. But somebody was giving you crap. So... The guy's name that is no longer with us, the hero that has left us way too early, was John Durham, D-U-R-M. Right. Well, sometimes I've heard people pronounce it as Durham, Oh. right? And maybe this is like an Indiana Southern drawl kind of thing where if you just slow it down, Durham. Like putting an S on the Krogers. It's just something we do. Right. Maybe that's the case. And I heard Carrie Forstall, who's the sheriff, who was his boss, pronounce it that way yesterday. And a couple different people throughout the service did. So I can't remember how we said it on the show. But when we officially reported the story of his passing to the funeral coverage yesterday, which I'm very proud of. I thought we did a great job yeah. yesterday. Yes, very classy, excellent. dignified. Um, when we say farewell to heroes, I think that's the way it should be. This woman... Some horrible woman sent us multiple messages through Facebook, just chewing us out. You're saying his name wrong. You're disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm sorry you took it that way. But And I tried to reason with her on the messenger. Listen, I've heard multiple pronunciations of his name. Perhaps it's an Indiana accent type of thing. Regardless of how you want to pronounce his name, the story is this was a hero taken too soon. And she writes another scathing thing back, ripping on us, calling us unprofessional. So no good deed goes unpunished, apparently. So so phonetic Karen had nothing better to do with her day? (laughs) Right. So here's a question for both of you guys, because we're similar in age you know you're it's kind of like the three bears you're the oldest jerry hammer jerry's in the middle and then i'm the youngest but we're close enough that we're kind of the same generation does this woman does inbox woman exist 20 years ago no or did she does she exist now because she has access to you like is she sitting at home and if you'd have done that she's listening to her radio would she have been that outraged 20 years ago we would have had better things to worry about 20 years ago today it's constant just complaint what can upset me and also let me send you a dm to let you know i'm upset and also 
you better write me back and not ignore it. And she really thinks this is like a win, too. So she's going to go tell her friends. She's going to brag. I told off Hammer and Nigel because they were saying his name wrong. Instead of, hey, these guys had a really thoughtful uh, break on their radio program about the fallen officer. That's what she chose to focus on. Not the fact that he has an amazing family, an incredible support system. They had a big turnout at the field house. Uh, there are questions about how this whole thing went down. Multiple layers to this story. That. That is what warranted multiple multiple messages. And think about what's going on in your life. So Okay, so like elected officials are totally fair game because they do things that affect you. Like they have the ability to raise your taxes, tell you what you can and can't do with your land, all, all, all sorts of things. So you, you can be as mean as you want to the, in reason, obviously, but uh, to an elected official, and that's fine. But think about your life. What's going on in your life if you find significance in I told the radio guy how it was going to be. Right. On funeral coverage. Yes. Like, in no way, you know, were we trying to do that on purpose? Were we trying to be wacky and make jokes? That's not the time. You know, again, we live here. This is our community. These are our friends. We wanted to have a respectful recap of what happened for those who were at work and could not watch the funeral coverage. You know, Homer Simpson once said, the lesson is never try, and he may have been right. (laughs) Well, you know, and, and and I think a big part of this is like, we just need to start responding. I don't care what you think. <laughs> like, so you know how many times I'll put something up and somebody will be like, I'm going to unfollow you because of this. And I found a meme. I just saved it as my favorites. And it's a plane taking off. And it says, this is not the airport. There's no need to announce your departure. Of all the people in this room, though, you're the only one that has a catchphrase. And I love that. Yeah. The that, hashtag. IBS you not. Correct. <laughs> there it is. It is the uh, Kindle Casey show. <laughs> Jerry Lopez in for Casey Day. Find him on Twitter at Indy. Spanglish, Jason Hammer here. Okay, speaking of things that are real and things that exist, what has happened to crazy plane lady? She has totally disappeared. Gone! And I'm really disappointed with the internet sleuths on this one. Because normally when there's, whether it's a shooting, whether it's somebody indicted, you know, something, the internet will have all of that information for you within an hour before the police often do. You know, how many times have you watched the news and you've seen, oh my God, what's happening there? You scroll through your social media feed. Here's one of these... Twitter journalist. Oh, here he is. I went to high school with him. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And so if you're nothing with this if woman, you're not familiar. I don't know how you could not be at this point. There was a, a woman, a somewhat well-assembled woman on an airplane. She gets up, runs down the aisle, starts screaming at the back that someone is not real. And it went we're viral. all going to die. You guys I, can stay on this plane, but I am getting off. He, he is not real. And, and, she and everybody not, turns around yeah. like, who the heck is she talking about? Right. So we have no idea. And no. here's what's interesting to me. She's not tried to monetize this. She's not started in OnlyFans. Yep. She's not, you know, she hasn't get, been on Fox, CNN, hasn't done any media rounds. She's not the cash me outside girl. Nope. She's just disappeared. Yep. And that is enthralling to me that no one knows who she is or where she went or who she was talking about. And what did she mean not real? Is it somebody who's a cheater, somebody whose soul is bad? Reptilian? They're a reptile sitting <laughs> like, in the back, a she, robot. She, she is doing what we call in my hood, fumbling the bag, right? Which means <laughs> she can make a lot of money right now, and she is not doing that. If you ever have Jefferson Shreve in this studio, I'm going to barge in like the plane lady, point at him, <laughs> and not. go, that mf <laughs> is not real. <laughs> I'm going to ask him if he'll sign my Shreve for Hogsett yard sign. Oh, here we go. Okay, so uh, real quick with this, are you going to, 
Is there any? Have you? Th- you've had forty eight hours, or well, I guess a little bit more than that. But but you've had several days now to think about this. And I asked you this question yesterday. Have you softened any? Have you said, okay, well, he's still eighty percent better than than Hog said, and eighty percent better is something the city's got to have. Are you? Are you? Do you find yourself softening your position at all in Jefferson Shreve? No. Why should I have to, have to soften? He's the one that sucks. Like, I am the Marion County, Indianapolis Republican voter. And he looked at me, gave me a middle finger, and said, well, sucks to be you. Why, why should I reward someone with a vote like that? Now, again, I hate Joe Hogsett with a passion of a million fires for what he's done to this city and the way he publicly speaks about law enforcement. So I'm probably going to have to sit this one out. I'm not going to reward anybody with a vote. One guy, I just can't do it because he's awful. The other one clearly doesn't want people like me to be involved in the process. Well, he's supposed to be coming on this show, and I still haven't heard back when that's going to happen, so I hope he's not getting cold feet. But if he does, maybe I'll do like some sort of Oprah couch-style interview with him, and I'll really just <laughs> round table just start. Yeah, just oh. I'll, I'll warm him up to the public again. It, it, think about it. It could be Rob Kendall's job to save this campaign. Why would you want to save this dude for? He looked at people like us in Indianapolis and said, yeah, kick rocks. And all of the people that work on his campaign are the type of people you despise. Yeah, you know, I'm a very giving person, though, Hammer. I'm a father now. It's a kinder, gentler you off? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. What's coming up this afternoon? If he comes in studio, make it like a Jerry Springer episode. Let's bring him out, Jason Hammer! Coming out of the My back room. My gosh, that's Hammer's music! Uh, your close personal friend, Todd Rakita, oh, the Attorney General, will may, join us this maybe afternoon. Maybe he'll make some snide-ass comment about being an unprovoked. It's Kendall Casey yeah. Show, 93 WIBC.